Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, Shannon Dawson. You can listen back to all the episodes at soundcloud.com slash clubmanagement1, mixcloud.com slash clubmanagement1, and we're on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify as well. So make sure you're listening because we are everywhere. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast in any way, we're on Patreon as well. I would love for you to join the community. You get special perks at different tiers. That means access to early episodes, special hangouts with moi, and other goodies. So head over to patreon.com backslash club management one to be a part of the squad. Episode nine is here, and in the show, we focus on entrepreneur Quentin Sterling, but we call him Q for short around here in Chongqing. When I first moved to the city four years ago, it was so welcoming and warming to see that there were other expats out there like myself, looking to dive deep into the culture and introduce a little bit of their own to China. Q has been living in Chongqing for seven years, working tirelessly as an entrepreneur and businessman, and seeking to link his passion for Western business with the fast-paced growing market here in the Middle Kingdom. I met Q at Brooklyn, a bar he used to own in Chongqing for four years. In fact, Q was one of the first people who gave me my start in the music industry here in China, letting me play at the infamous Maxed Out Mondays. A night filled with drink specials and old and new school hip-hop. I would carry my equipment down there every week and get a taste for what it was like to play in front of a small but really, really fun crowd. Morty was one of Brooklyn's famed bartenders. He worked closely with Q during the bar's early days. So I've been working with Q for almost two years. Back when Brooklyn was still a good place to chill out. I would say that Q's very good friend. He's also a good leader who's disciplined, who's got passion at work. And I believe that the majority of people who've been hanging out at Brooklyn before would appreciate and enjoy the vibe that Q's been building up. And when it comes to work, when we're trying to fix things together, he gets all serious and knows what's the next move. Q's been in China for like five years, still speaks zero Chinese, but he's always got away with Chinese people and the business here. He knows exactly what's happening in China, the the culture, the style. They're really enjoying working at Brooklyn and working with Q. Q's been dedicated to Brooklyn and what Brooklyn should represent. He always sticks to what he believed in, just full of energy. You feel the same just being around him. was a popular bar for Chinese locals and foreigners looking to have fun, located right in the heart of Jiujie, a busy street frequented for its wealth of bars and nightlife in Chongqing. Brooklyn was a place to make new friends and build a sense of community. Some even went to fulfill their taste buds with Brooklyn's Monday BBQ special. Pay 100 RNB and you got yourself a whopping plate of barbecue and other goodies to go along with it. Me and my DJ crew sound check at the time through some of our early hip-hop parties at Brooklyn, cranking the bar's small speakers into overload with trap and bass music every month. 
those events brought out a lot of people too. And Key was always supporting us from the start. But owning a bar overseas is a really big challenge. I mean, really, really big. And Q put himself up to the test. Q talked to me about some of the difficulties of running a business in China, helpful business tips for young entrepreneurs, and key performance indicators. It's a long story, but I'll keep it very, very short. After I graduated my undergraduate degree in the U.S., I went to Japan. I was there for a little while. Then I went to Korea. I was there for a couple of years, and then、uh, I wanted to build my own business. I wasn't too sure about what I wanted to do, but I had an idea. And from my research, I found that、uh, the Chinese market was a very emerging market at the time, and、uh, moreover, Chongqing and its, we'll say. Favorable, 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 favorable conditions <laughs> and ecosystem for entrepreneurship was a good place to go.、Mm. I won't say that it's a great place for the market as in、uh, customers, but it's a good place to build. It might not be a good place to make money. But it's a good place to build projects. Do you understand、mm, what I mean? I definitely.、See. Yeah, and so that's how I got here because I I targeted it as a good place with a lot of potential for me to、uh, dabble in some things. And you've been here now for seven years, or yeah, something like that. I got here in the middle of 2013. Damn, that's、yeah. crazy. So、yeah. you and Ellis came around the same time. Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness!、Um, now, when I came here, I came here in 2016, and you were one of the first people that I met, and you were the、oh, one of the first. My honor. Yes, <laughs> and you were one of the first people who gave me my in into the industry here, doing music and DJing because of your bar, Brooklyn.、Um, wow. Which I think I think is one was and is still one of the best bars in Chongqing. Um, thank you, thank、yes. you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about Brooklyn and how it all began.、Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn was a project. Actually,、uh, I was studying a master's degree, and one of my first courses was to build、uh, a company. My intentions on coming to China were also to build a business. And、uh, I used what I learned in that class to do an experiment, and that was Brooklyn. And the experiment started making me money, and started getting profits, and so it continued. So it kind of evolved in a very organic and natural way on its own, and it, it was somewhat based on an idea of trying to provide. Good quality, genuine service to、mm. people. I wasn't really that focused on the drinks or the food, like those kinds of products. I was just focused on people having a good experience when they came in into the place and whatever situation we needed to build. That was the idea for it.、Mm. Um, I mean, you you talk about this place of community,、mm. and I, I definitely felt like that's what Brooklyn was, right? Especially、yeah. for me, being an expat, first coming to China. It was just me and my sister.、Mm. You know, we didn't really have a friend base, 
And I think that we met a majority of our friends at Brooklyn when you had the first spot in Shopping Ba, and you did these really fantastic... That was actually the second spot. The second spot. The first spot was an apartment that I turned into a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I actually... And people don't know it. I actually lived inside that place for a year. Really? Like, I had, I had a bed in the wall. <laughs> for real? Yeah, in one of the rooms. And, like, at night, I would, like, close the store down and clean it up. <laughs> and then I would, like, pull a bed off the wall and go to sleep for, like, that's, five hours. And then wake like, up and do it again. That sounds like some shit in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, but... Super uncomfortable, but I was just just excited to start and and to do everything. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was awesome. You had these really great nights, the especially the barbecue night where you would uh, offer a deal where you get your barbecue, you get some beer, yeah, yeah. and then um, yeah, that's actually how we first met at that first spot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That place I think was a really good place. Uh, the good part about that place was that it was very intimate, and I think that it it, it created an environment where Whoever is in there can meet whoever else is in there. Mm. It was hard to put like borders up in between people. And I think that was part of the thing I really, really enjoyed about it, that it, it became very communal very quick. And uh, people started to frequent it often. And I, I think that was something that really surprised me, that actually there weren't that many customers, but mm. people came back often. Like People were very regular, that you can count on the same group of people showing up time and time again. That's really cool, because here it is. You are this young black man out here. I don't know how young it. anymore. <laughs> Come on, you're still young. You're always young. Um, but you're this young black man taking a risk, doing business in a country where, I mean, may I ask you, how is your Chinese? My Chinese is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I barely speak Chinese. So how how are you able to do business here, not speaking it's Chinese? It's so crazy. I, I'm I'm so confused about why it works. Really? Uh, I think that in humans, it's more important to be on the right wavelength with each other. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to be, be going in the right, the same direction or have the same vibe than it is to speak the same language. Sure, sure. And also to share the same culture. I think uh, people, people can uh, connect in so many different ways. It can be physical. It can be mental. It can be emotional. It can be spiritual, culturally. And if you can get a couple of those... You don't have to worry about language. In many business communications or projects, I just try to find the best way that I can help the other person. And usually when you show that initiative to help the other side, they also uh, feel a sense of uh, responsibility to reciprocate, to help you also. You know, I think that's human. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's about Chinese versus USA or uh, different cultures, different languages. If you help me, I'm going to try my best to help you. And if I try my best to help you first, inherently, you may also do the same to me. Right. You know? right, so right, right. That's why it works, I think, because uh, my, my focus is on servicing the other people. I'm sure you've encountered a lot of struggles mm. having a business in China. What would you say are some of the hardest things about running a business here? Hmm. Well, I think this could probably be for anywhere in the world, maybe not just China, mm. translating your mental image, your your vision or your idea uh, in a way that can become physical and concrete, something tangible, and that other people can help you execute it. I mm. think it's really difficult to uh, communicate with somebody that you need to help you. Uh 
suppose just something very basic like uh, advertisements. Mm. Maybe uh, it's difficult to get your new advertisement idea from your head onto the proper platform, especially when you can't read the platform or you can't communicate with whoever's in charge of posting that that advertisement. Right. So getting the person that's going to be in between you and that platform to work well with you is a really difficult thing. Uh, because sometimes that person is is your employee or and not necessarily your partner, so they're not as invested as you are. Uh, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. The other difficulty is staying focused. Uh, when you're a foreigner in in another country, a lot of the things, stresses or things that you've worried about in your home country, you don't have to worry about anymore. Right. Like political situations or uh, family situations. You're, you're very far away from those things. And so sometimes uh, there's no nothing to maybe keep you going the right direction. It's got to be your own self-discipline to keep you heading the right direction. If you got an idea, it's on you. Right. You know, there, there's no brother, sister, mother, father, or uh, like community that's putting pressure on you to make those things come true mm. it's just you you know what i mean sometimes that can be difficult especially in a fun city like Chongqing. it sounds lonely though right like <clears throat> yeah it can be <laughs> i think it can be yeah what i found is uh uh meaningful interactions i think that it's really easy to meet people mm. in uh to get in touch with people and connect with people but to make like real meaningful interactions right aren't as common and i think that it takes like a bit of energy if you if you're always like out there hanging out with a bunch of people maybe one out of every hundred people that you interact with is a meaningful interaction but it costs you energy and it costs you time yeah uh let me willpower yeah i want to add something mm. to that because even at cream right um when when we when we had it open i noticed and i think that you experienced experiences too with brooklyn when you have to be at your business at all times. Right. Because right. if you're not there, that could cost you right, a whole sure, bunch of money for, for the sure. night because people are expecting you to be there. They want to talk to you, interact with you. Yeah, so yeah. that takes a lot of energy too, right? Having to always be there. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Like in Brooklyn, I'm not even a bartender. Uh, I'm not really great at making drinks. Uh, I mean, a, I can make a couple. That's you know. a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> the significant difference from when I was in the bar or out of the bar is, is like staggering right you know we would make five times more money if i if i stand inside the bar than opposed to being outside of the bar i mean in the like the drink making area of the bar Mm. uh and then there would be another difference if i was just in the in the the room you know what i mean yeah and i i don't know if it's because of uh you know focus and like caring about the business i don't don't know exactly why yeah but it's not like like all the staff could speak English and Chinese. They can communicate better than me. All the bartenders can make drinks better than me. <laughs> but you know, if I'm if I'm in there, we will make more money. Right. So you you sort of become a slave to your to your business, and that's taxing on your energy, mm. mentally and physically. It, it really takes a lot out of you. Mm, okay. Mm. Um, now, on the flip side, what are some indicators that your business is actually doing well here? Well, a lot of people make this huge mistake when they make business that they don't uh, make a plan for their ROI, their return on investment. Mm -hmm. And if you jump into a business and you don't see the end yet, 
at the beginning, you need to know how it's going to stop, how it's going to end, mm. or how it's going to evolve. Are you going to sell it? Are you going to uh, franchise it? Are you going to modify it? Are you going? To, how are you going to monetize? How are you going to? Uh, what's the word? How are you? How are you going to grow this business? Mm. You need to know that before you put one penny in the business. Before you inquire on any other people to partner with, right. you should see this. So. The indicators are based on that first plan. You need to know how much money you should have made your first quarter, your mm -hmm. first year. Uh, you should have known what the range of how many interactions, say clients or new accounts you've opened in, in that first year, first three years. If you don't know, you won't know if your business is doing well. And you also won't know how to change. You won't know how to fix it. So I, I think the indicators are based on you. And I would say generally you need to make goals or plans about how much money we should have spent and how much money we should have made. That's mm. very simple, Just right? Simple stuff. Yeah, and how many accounts we we tried to approach and how many accounts we opened uh, and then our future development, how many how much investment money or how much whatever is happening. You need to make those very clear in the beginning. You can't just say I got an extra twenty thousand dollars and a friend that's going to give me free rent across town i'm going <laughs> to open up a, a bar you know what i mean that's not it ain't going to work you're right. going to fail because you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're like well we made profit this month we lost that month we made profit this month we lost that month and then even you're up or down you won't know if you're actually on the right path you right. won't know if you're doing well or not doing well like i, I try to tell people before in brooklyn like we could have these crazy like jam-packed nights where it's like tons of people in here you can't move it looks like a lot of money's flowing in here but actually it's not as much as you think right. and i think you could probably speak on cream where it's like yo we got the whole city lit right now but we ain't making, we ain't making no money tonight <laughs> and it's it's because the plan didn't didn't uh add up the right way like yeah. we didn't plan for the situation the right way we didn't do our accounting right we didn't do we didn't uh yeah. build the right strategy for this per particular moment you yeah know? actually I, I find that a lot with um when we had cream hip-hop kids they don't drink at all yeah well demographic information is important like i think in this city a lot of people get it twisted uh, a lot of bar goers don't have a lot of money in their pocket right. and a lot of young people for sure don't have a lot of money in your pocket mm. in, in their pocket i remember when i first really started picking up on this in uh in the shopping centers, I would just look around on a Saturday evening in a shopping mall and I would notice nobody's got bags in their hands. <laughs> like nobody's buying nothing in here. <laughs> like people in the bags that they do got, they're like from stores that aren't in this mall. And in that bag are like personal items that they brought with them, like an extra jacket <laughs> or extra hat, you know, or their phone charger. And a lot of young people are out in the streets out, you know, enjoying their time, but they're not, spending any money mm. and it's part of the culture in china where sitting down in a venue doesn't mean you have to buy something or uh you know a lot of things are expected from the consumer so i think in china especially measuring your success you had better study and learn about the chinese consumption behaviors mm. before you get started and forget about building a business that's based on foreigners that's that's just ridiculous right but uh yeah, if you don't know how Chinese consumers behave and the, the things that they value, for sure, you're not going to make it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really, really good. Uh, and actually, you answered my next question about mm. business tips for young entrepreneurs. Um, well, do you have <laughs> any other tips that you want to share with us? What are some things uh, that you wish you would have known before you started doing business oh, here? That's a good I one. I think I wouldn't have been, I, I wish I wasn't such a nice person in the beginning. I think I partnered with a lot of uh, selfish, like, shysty people. Mm. That's one, to be able to read people a little, a little bit better, the people you get involved with, or take care of yourself more mm. uh, at, at times. I think um, for a young entrepreneur, I think most people should know a few important rules. <laughs> Number one, everybody's got ideas. And ideas don't make business. Very true. Yeah. I yeah. mean, right now, I can come up with 150 ideas on how to solve world hunger. Everybody can. Ideas are easy. Right. The real talent or value is ability to execute. Mm. And a lot of people can't execute their ideas. And a lot of people don't know how to make a fair balance between like dreamy ideas and executable ideas. Mm. Like what are what are actually achievables in these scenarios? Is a podcast an executable idea? It depends on it, for sure, it's like you're currently executing. It. For sure, it's executable. <laughs> okay, but how about monetization? Monetization is if that's what you want. If you want to get money out of it, but there's also, you know, I think a lot of businesses, especially in this new era, uh, like social credit is huge. You right. know, and getting clout can equate to financial like monetization eventually. You know what I mean? Maybe not right now. Uh, I, I truly believe that a, a podcast, if it's done right, and a lot of different type, types of media can sit online for years before they have their return. Mm. You know, I mean, literature, there are people who are still getting paid from books from 100 years ago. True. Uh, and there are people who have books that are sitting right now somewhere online or in a bookstore that nobody knows. But in 10 years from now, it's going to be a very important key element to a culture you know it's going to matter and it's going to be worth a lot more money at that time so yeah. i think that uh we were talking earlier about self-promotion about I, I would definitely advise young entrepreneurs to find a way to collect their projects collect the things that they've done and put them in a place where they can be seen by others eventually mm -hmm. um there was another tip. Damn, I forgot. You forgot it? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Uh, you, you know, I'd be rambling. I'd no, be rambling. No, it's okay. This is all good stuff. Um, so can we talk a little bit about the work that you do now? Yeah. Okay. We, we can. We can? Okay. <laughs> what are you doing oh, now? Okay. That's the other tip. It's okay. connected to the work I'm doing now. Okay. <laughs> experience. 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 Hey. If you can do a internship unpaid internship like mm. get money out of your mind as a young entrepreneur if you're focused solely on money it's it's just a route to do things that don't that's not really you you'll end up doing things that aren't actually who you are or what you want to get right unpaid internships and apprenticeships uh i think one of the most important things i did in my undergraduate degree i did a two-year internship with the american red cross nice. and at the time, I didn't know how important the things that I was learning was, but it, it, like I still use so many things every day. Uh, I think they were the first people to really teach me how to write a proper email. 
Wow. This was the first time I saw a proposal. It was the the first time I got to see like real big money projects go from idea to execution to results and benefits, mm. you know. Without that experience, I wouldn't have the vision for a lot of things. I just, I would be making it up, you know, or I'd be using YouTube. And YouTube is dope and everything, but YouTube doesn't give you the full, the full thing. Right. Like, it gives you the, uh, the surface value. Mm -hmm. So I would say get real experience. And uh, it, it has to come from a selfless place. And you have to be modest and humble and know that you ain't shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. I, I got a great idea, but I have no I have no skills. And even the skills I think I have, maybe I think I'm a good writer. Maybe I, I think I'm a, a good salesman. But you ain't shit like because you ain't you ain't been doing it for years yeah. like after you you got to do it for years to know to be able to say yeah like i'm really dope at that and the reason why is because i've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of projects that prove that not just my swag not just you know not just my confidence not because mm. my mama said it right you know what i mean like you got to really be able to show people it, i can do stuff i actually i mean being here for four years i've seen this happen also with djing right yeah, yeah. you have some djs that come into the venue they're like yeah i'm the hottest shit they want you to pay a crazy fee but really right. maybe their transitioning game is off maybe right. they're not playing to the right crowd at the right time so definitely um I've always been humbled, though, so I don't think I've experienced. Yeah, that I'm not much. saying you. I'm no, not no, saying no, no. you. I'm just generally, in every, all these yeah. things that I'm saying, it's because I've been in those situations. You yeah, know, yeah, I've yeah. been that guy that thought his shit don't stink. When you, and you get humbled, like when you, like I've been in the situation where you think you know yeah. how to do your thing, then you walk into a corporate room, like a corporate meeting room, and get sunned See, I, by somebody who's been doing it for 30 years. I wish I had that mindset because I'm the complete reverse. I'm the person who thinks, damn, I don't know enough. But mm. then really, secretly, I do know what it is yeah. and I do know how to do it. But some, uh, maybe I feel like I'm not knowledgeable enough to execute those ideas right, right. on my own. So I end up kind of jacking myself up in the end. Execution is a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's not a thing about like some people can do it, some people can't. Right. I think everybody probably can. But you've, you've got to learn it and you've got to be able to see, like being able to see things from, go from zero to 100 is priceless. And you know what I mean? To be in to be inside of it as either an assistant or a uh, an intern, yeah. it's priceless. What's your idea on the quote of fake it till you make it? What do you think about that quote? Um, do you agree with that? I don't think it's wrong. I think that you need to speak things into reality mm. i think that you you should be uh not afraid to talk about your goals your aspirations and the the thing or person you want to be i think you should just start to be it mm. whether like like financially you're ready for it or not like if we're talking like in a purely like uh physical sense if you like fast cars or whatever just get the fastest car you can get you know what i mean <laughs> if that's what you like and it might not be that that like top-notch car but you know what i mean make your car look dope you know make it look as as good as you can for you mm. and also i think like you can you can show the outside world whatever the hell you want to show them like fake like that but you can't fake with yourself you know if if you got a, a fake gold chain on, right, <laughs> you can tell everybody, yeah, this is a real gold chain. But don't go home and look in the mirror and be like, we got a nice gold chain. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell yourself, like, man, everybody thinks we got a good gold chain on. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's funny. So I would say fake it till you make it, but uh, 
keep it real on the inside for sure. Mm. You could show the world outside whatever you want. I mean, that's marketing. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say this, but yeah. like clickbait, that's clickbait. Like mm. marketing is, is different than like, uh, let's say product satisfaction. Yeah. You, you can, you can make the product look like whatever the hell you want. <laughs> But like when when the consumer opens it up, they know what it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Uh, and if, if if you think that's gonna work for you, then it go works. ahead, rock with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Quickly, tell us a little bit about the work that you do now here in Chongqing. So uh, I do brand management, uh, and brand management. I basically help people to uh, f- open markets and develop markets for their products and. Uh, help with their, the branding and the advertising and the marketing of their products. Mm-hmm. Um, I run I run a consultancy business, but I also have long-term contracts with some some different companies that are, that are my main focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my my work is in the drink business and I'm shifting into a more tech uh, realm because nice. I think that uh, the drink business is it's kind of old fashioned and I think that it, it doesn't have a great future the way I want it to, mm. you know, I, I want to, I'm lazy. I don't want to be moving too much. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, and I think in, in the tech tech business, uh, it, it has a more promising future yeah. for uh, less work and more money. Tech, so, tech is booming right now, especially yeah. in Shenzhen. I mean, that's like become the tech capital. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. Everything. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, what do you want to tell folks? Like, Hmm. about following their dreams and being persistent because I, I ran into a slump this week where I felt like, damn, you know, I'm, I'm trying to balance the nine to five and have fun with hmm. uh, my teaching thing because I, I'm actually kind of happy with that. But also my creative work is picking up. I really, really, really want to spend my time and energy on that. So I'm trying to find the balance and you seem like you yeah. found a good balance. Uh, I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working on it. So what would you tell folks that are still trying to find their way in life? How do they go about finding their happiness, finding that balance? I would say honesty to be honest with yourself is very important mm-hmm. to know what you can and can't do mm. and don't put yourself in situations you can't handle and don't be around people who put you in situations that you can't handle. Gotcha. Uh, that was the next one. So your, your network and community. So especially like as far as blacks, I think that uh, community is a really important thing that you have to continuously work at. Uh, that can be between you and your culture, you and your race you and your family. Mm-hmm. These are uh, communities that always need, you and your friends network, these are communities that always need to be uh, nurtured, you know, because these communities are going to be the the communities that keep you up when you get low, I right. think. You know, I think that uh, blacks and foreigners also need to be conscious of their impact on each other about how they affect each other's situation here in China. Yeah. You know, if uh, a black person does this action, sometimes it can be taken and uh, applied to the broad group. You right. know, same with foreigners. So I think we need to be conscious of that. You you should be aware that you're going to have to work hard. I think that I really wish that you didn't have to work hard, really, because I'm super lazy. Uh, I think being lazy helps me think of good ideas because I try to figure out how to 
how to make it go faster or easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you have to be aware that, you know, you're not going to, you're not fucking Steve Jobs. <laughs> you're not uh, Elon Musk. You're not going to just come in here and make this idea that changes the world. Like, you're going to have to just work for a long time. Yeah. You know, and, and be be humble about who and what you are and uh, get yourself aligned with the right people and, and you'll be fine. And I would encourage, I would encourage this. Yeah. Really, internships and apprenticeships. I think that you, if you're a... 22 year old uh 22 year old black man you need to find a 40 year old black man that's in a position that you want to be in or somewhere similar to what you want to be in and you need to just sit around him and pick up game Mm -hmm. i think if women and uh men same thing i think that uh and then if you're a 40 year old black man you need to be consciously uh giving good clean advice to the people behind you Mm. and then that that 40 year old he needs to be talking to a 60 year old you know and and it should go like that and if it doesn't if you find yourself in places where you're like kind of lost in the sauce wandering around because you don't have real guidance you know what i mean awesome now i kind of want to ask another question okay i feel that people are so scared to share and give resources for sure for sure like Anytime, as long as I know that that person can work hard and I know that they are great, I will try to pass down any opportunity. Yeah, pass the plug. Pass the plug. Yeah. But I have experiences too. Like people will will withhold information from me or like they'll stop me from trying to go get a gig or something. Right. Which I think is so jacked up. Um, I mean, when that happens, I won't. I won't lie. There's some some people I won't give the information to yeah. and there are some people i will give the information sure. to and a lot of it i've been burned before uh, <laughs> uh yeah you know what i mean burned not in that way right? no no I, <laughs> business sense yeah, business I, sense. I just, I just yeah like... there was a few years ago there was a black man uh who was a, a nice guy and i gave him uh an insight on one of my chinese friends uh, a business situation to like kind of link them up yeah and the dude ended up robbing them and it's like and this chinese friend is my good friend and this dude got the money and, and jumped ship and it's just like so now your friend is looking at you crazy yeah like, and he's yo. like yo q you did that you you made that happen <laughs> and i didn't make any money or anything but it, it definitely ruined the relationship between me and that guy Damn. and so i've you know you gotta you gotta know who you're putting on and who you're not putting on but I, I still try to actively put people on for sure because I, I feel like if I'm putting on, somebody else is putting me on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I, I really don't believe in that that phrase of like put yourself on. I don't. I think that's a horrible community kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. I think you need to work hard or whatever. But yeah, I think somebody should help you. Right. And you should help somebody, and it should it should trickle down and it should trickle down forever. Not just like once in a while. Like you should always be looking to put people on who are behind you and people ahead of you should always be looking to put people like you on. I think that's a culture that needs to develop, but I think also community, you know, it's it's an evolution. You know, these things, I hope they're coming. Turn my music high, 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 high. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. Sure I do. I'm from the streets with a hood to swallow on me. Bullets will follow on me. There's so much coke that you can run the slalom. The cops comb this shit top to bottom. They say that we are prone to violence, but it's home sweet home. With personalities clashing, chrome meets chrome. The coke prices up and down like it's Wall Street home.
but this is worse than the Dow Jones. Your brains are now. We're coming out of the interview with me and Q with a little bit of Jay Z, a very, very, very good track off the blueprint called You Don't Know. He told me this is one of his favorite songs, so I had to add it. <laughs> uh, hey, if you want to keep up with Q, though, make sure you follow him at Q Sterling one on Instagram, and you can search him at Champion Sterling on Facebook. Now, that's it for this episode, but please remember to join the Club Management Patreon community at patreon.com slash clubmanagement1. You get access to early episodes and special treats at different tiers, and it's going to be a great way for us to connect better and a great way to support the podcast. And I would love to start producing the show at a quicker rate and with better quality too, so your help will go a long, long way. Thank you so much. As always, listen back to all our shows at soundcloud.com slash clubmanagement1, Mixcloud, Spotify, we're on TuneIn, Netties for the folks in China, we are everywhere. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>